Welcome to this new episode of Pacific Leaders Today, a podcast from the East-West Center dedicated to young leaders from the Pacific. This portion of the series focuses on alumni of the Pacific Islands Leadership Program, an East-West Center program that seeks to build leaders dedicated to shaping the future prosperity of the Pacific region by taking informed, effective action and is funded by the Ministry of Foreign Affairs of the Republic of China, Taiwan. I'm your host, Philip, and today I'm talking with Teresa Ali from Fiji. Teresa works for the cabinet of the Prime Minister of Fiji, and today we're discussing her commitments as a leader to ensure diverse voices are heard in the region and that leaders like her can be a source of inspiration for many. Hello, Teresa. Hi, Philippe. Thanks for uh, joining me today. Um, so my first question for you uh, is a very simple one. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Where do you come from and what are you doing uh, with your life? Thank you, Philippe. Um, as you've mentioned, my name is Teresa and I was part of Generation 4 of the Pacific Islands Leadership Program. Um, we called ourselves the Cecilia Race and we, um, and we vouched that we were the best generation so far. Um, well, that has I to be debated, <laughs> but there, let's not get into that. <laughs> so I'm from Fiji. I live in the capital city, Suva. I am of uh, Indian descent. Now, I like to mention this a bit because I feel like that some Pacific Islands are still a bit unaware of our history in Fiji. So I am of Indian descent that um, we had a whole, um, we had under the colonial uh, powers, um, uh, people migrating from India. Fiji and I am probably the fourth generation here in Fiji. I work for um, the Prime Minister's office here in Fiji and uh, I'm passionate about women empowerment, about climate change issues and about ensuring that young girls are given equal access to education as well. Yeah, so that's about nice. myself. Uh, a lot of uh, plans and, uh, and ideas for sure. Uh, so, as you mentioned, you are a former participant of the Pacific Island Leadership Programs. Uh, can you tell us why did you decide to participate and how the program impacted you afterwards? Um, so, I think that program at that stage, because I, I did it in 2016, I think at that stage I was looking for something like a purpose in life. I felt that I had my dreams, I knew what I wanted to do, but um, to actually um, make it happen was something that I was struggling with. Now, I, am, I was before the program, I would say, I usually see myself as um, someone before the program and after the program, and people have actually commented on that as well. So I would say before the program, I was quite introvert. I would not um, participate in discussion. I felt that probably my voice wasn't enough, um, wasn't like um, worth for me to speak up. So I was in that phase and I had discussed this with uh, a former participant and alumni and ancestor, as we call them. And she was the one that told me to just apply for this program and just see how it was going to impact. So I was glad I did that because before that, I, I felt that as um, I didn't have a voice enough. Um, and that program actually helped me self-realize um, and see and, and, and boosted me from, from within. Because culturally, women are, are expected to behave in a certain way. Um, I go back to class eight, and I have to mention this because um, I was speaking up in class once, and I had a teacher walk by, 
and I went to a very conservative school. And she walked by and she told me why I was speaking loudly in front of a class full of individuals. And she told me that when I speak, my voice should not be heard like a one meter away. That I should always maintain my, I, I should always speak softly, slowly, and that is what is expected of women. So I went to a very conservative school and that stayed with me all these years. And I felt that in that way, I was not worthy to speak up at any time. And I had so many questions that I had suppressed over the years. And um, my father, in fact, did try to help me gain exposure and stuff. But I felt that it was still lacking in me. So with that program, when I started this program, um, it, it, it impacted me positively. It, it really changed the way I was. I mean, the learnings went beyond the classroom for me. It was learning from my cohort. They came in with so much experience, so much knowledge, and they inspired me. They helped me realize that what I thought was my weakness was actually a strength of mine, and what I thought what I was not worthy was actually important for them to hear. So that really helped me, the learnings in the classrooms, understanding personalities, the Enneagram, and why everyone behaves differently in a scenario was crucial to understand um, the dynamics. Um, and it really helped me become the person I am today. I feel like that if I didn't do this program, I probably wouldn't have excelled in life where I am right now. So I'll just um, um, give an example of what Keith said to me. Keith was one of the guest speakers we had. So Keith mm -hmm. had said to me once um, in a sitting that I should not expect a change overnight uh, at the end of the program. He told me that uh, once I re-enter, I should not be expecting mm, the program should, you know, should make the change now. And it was something mm -hmm. that I would probably realize a month later or six months later. And I think for me, uh, the realization happened a year later um, when, uh, when Fiji was the COP president and PM became the COP23 president. And I was given um, the important task of becoming his uh, program coordinator. And it was um, in the middle of coordinating his events and ensuring everything went on time, liaising with individuals. And suddenly what Keith said just popped up in my mind. And I just paused for a mm. second and I just realized how much what he said made sense at that very moment. That mm. uh, it was something that we couldn't expect a change overnight. But gradually it didn't bring a change. I feel like that if I didn't do this program, I wouldn't have been given that role. Because perhaps I would still have been stuck in my in my previous um uh, the way I was behaving previously, not realizing my full potential, or if I would have been given this role, I would have performed disastrously. Because there were times mm. when I was using crisis leadership or trying to understand why certain people were behaving in a certain way, going beyond my means, trying to be proactive, and that really really helped me at that moment. And I realized how much what Keith said made sense about the program. And since then, I've just been um, asking everyone that I meet to just apply for the program because it's absolutely amazing. I mean, because leadership starts from within. We need to understand where we are. We drew that the river of life. I remember being stuck on, uh, with a piece of paper and I didn't know what to draw, but it's actually like thinking and realizing what are the, 
the memorable or, or the important uh, moments of our life that we need to put in a river. And it's not just everything um, positive, but sometimes realizing that what is holding us back. So I felt that all those learnings in the classroom really impacted me in, in where I am today, and I'm so thankful for that. Awesome. Well, that's uh, full of uh, great uh, memories and great impact, and you definitely have found your voice, and that's that's really nice to, to see and to hear the energy that comes out of you. Um, so eventually, after all this work and, and, and this uh, self-realization that you've been through after the program, uh, it's been almost five years now that you came out of here. Uh, as of today, would you describe yourself as a leader? And if so, why? I would describe myself uh, as a leader. I am confident in the decisions I make. I no longer hesitate or guess my decisions. I know I make good decisions um, and my opinions are valued. And I stand my ground. I assist my team wherever possibly and I communicate freely, and I no longer hesitate because, you know, we've got like a hierarchical system here in Fiji, and the thinking is that if you're at a certain level, uh, for example, if you hold a certain level of position in government, you, you cannot approach someone higher, you cannot communicate with someone higher, and, and that's where a lot of things get hold, held back. So I've been able to overcome that, and I've been able to communicate with um, individuals that are probably were of higher ranking, and I feel that it's extremely important. And I would call myself a leader now. Um, when I when you ask me this question, like I'm just thinking now that if you would have asked me this question without the program, I would have said even if I was doing this well, I would have said no, because it's probably expected of us, um, culturally as women, to be humble enough to never speak up of of, of your achievements. So. Um, if if in any other settings, um, if in a cultural setting, I would have been, um, it would have been proper of me to not say that I was a leader. But I'm confident mm. now to say that yes, I'm a leader and I'm confident of the decisions I make and I'm accountable for the decisions I make. Nice. Um, and you probably remember uh, a very important element in PLP is the, the sentence, you lead out of who you are. And you mentioned your origins, uh, your, uh, you said it's from Indian descent in, in Fiji, which is quite unique in the Pacific. Yeah. You also mentioned that it's important as a woman uh, for you to be a leader. So knowing that context of yours, uh, how do you see uh, leadership and your type of leadership uh, as important in the region future? Why is it so important to have a leader like you uh, for the Pacific? I feel that it's it's something culturally that is uh, prevalent in the Pacific, um, that women need to be humble, that they need to take the back step, that they are inferior to men in certain aspects, that they belong in certain roles and that men need to do certain roles. But we're here trying to say that we're absolutely equal, that if you feel that if this is your passion, then you need to go ahead and you need to speak up about it. You need to be a leader. Um, we should not just because um, I'm a woman. I should not be. Um, I should not give up on my dream just because of my gender. If I am going to lead, I will lead, and I think that's important. If an individual chooses something, they should be. I mean, they should not be held back by culture or or by what the society perceives us to be. I feel that is extremely mm. important, and that is something that I've always been passionate about. Um, especially in, in my cultural setting that we don't have many 
women leaders to look up to. Yes, we've got some amazing women leaders to look up to. And I've always been inspired by them. But I hope to bring about a change um, if someone is, is, is uh, viewing me as a leader. I hope that they realize that uh, there is much more to life, that women should be educated, that women should have a voice in a, in a cultural society, and that they should not be held back by things like my voice should not be louder than someone sitting one meter away. So eventually it comes down to making sure that all voices are heard in the yes. region to create a shared future, right? Yes, exactly. All right. And and so th given what you just told us, uh, how can we make sure that the region is ready for that kind of future, a future where everyone has a voice, everyone has a space for them? Uh, how, how, how do we do? Like, what's, what's your uh, vision for that? It comes down to equal accessibility everyone should be given the equal opportunity to excel. Um, but it is something that we're seeing a changes in. Um, we've got more policies um, coming out as well. But I, I feel like that it comes down to equal opportunity and that for us to not be confused by, by the preconceived notions that we have about women, that if we abuse an individual, we should uh, just view them based on their potential, not because of their gender. So I think if equal opportunities are given, um, uh, we would progress in the region as well. Mm. Oh, very nice. And so we're going to need a lot of people to do that. And, and definitely, as you said, if someone sees you as a leader, then you can inspire them to take action. So if knowing your experience, Ethiopian after and all that you've accomplished already, and, and I'm going to mention it on air that you recently graduated for your master and congratulations for that. Um, so if you have to give any advice or recommendation or, or just maybe sharing just something important for you to the people who are listening to us right now, what would you like to tell them? I would like to tell them that if you set a goal in life, set a vision in life, please do not give up on it. And I will relate this back to hikes we had in, in Hawaii. Remember Coco, Coco had hikes. Um, I started off, so I'm going to give a very personal example. I started off with my cohort, but um, very soon I was at the very back of the pack with just a colleague of mine. And uh, that was in a way very similar to um, how we start our goals with our friends or our peers. And we see some of them excel immediately. So some of them are already um, on an accelerator going towards their goals. And here you are struggling to take a step each. But you should not. You should not turn around and go back down because the view at the end is absolutely beautiful. Um, you you will meet new people along the way, and and sometimes um there are obstacles to take a detour. I remember we went through this plank where you could see below, and and you were the one that told me you know there's a there's a way, but because I was probably just going to give up at that stage because I couldn't cross it, and you said no, there's a detour we I could take, and I reached the stage where I looked up. And I couldn't say, I, I just couldn't see the top of the mountain. And sometimes in life, you know, you set a goal and you, you can't see you achieving it. So just speak to someone about it, a friend, or, or just talk to yourself what you could do. Because I remember turning to that friend and saying, I think I'll turn around and I'll go back. And she said, what? After coming so far, are you really going to go back? So sometimes you need someone in life that um, would encourage you or you, you encourage yourself to excel. And once you reach your goal, once you reach the top, then you realize that the view was absolutely beautiful and that you've achieved your dream. 
So if you've set a dream for yourself, um, you should do everything in your power to achieve it. That's all oh, I have to say. Oh, thank you. Well, that's uh, all, but that's probably all that's needed to inspire people. And, and it was really great to hear you and your energy and your, and your vision for the region. Um, there's definitely lots more to come from you uh, in the coming years, and, and we'll definitely be on the lookout for that uh, and wait for you to reach the top because you still have some time to go and haven't reached your full potential yet. So, Reza, thank you very much for taking the time for us. Thank you, Philippe. Leaders Today is a podcast produced by the East-West Center, a non-profit organization that promotes better relations and understanding among the people and nations of the United States, Asia, and the Pacific through cooperative study, research, and dialogue. For more information on the Center and its leadership programs, go visit eastwestcenter.org. Mahalo, and I'll see you soon for another episode.